Welcome once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And man, we are so happy to be back. It's been a little while. It's like we went out into the desert and took a bunch of acid and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, stared at the sun for a while. We were, we were living the, the plot of the hangover, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's been a, a couple of weeks and it's interesting. I mean, a, a lot has happened since we last recorded. I was thinking about this before the episode. Last offseason, it, it was just super boring because it kind of felt like the Bears made it pretty clear early on that they weren't really going to do anything. Right. And they didn't. And yeah. so... The biggest news was was polls. Yeah, exactly. It was the coaching hire, the general manager hire, but in terms of the actual product on the field, it was just a super boring offseason. Like, the biggest move was signing Byron Pringle. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this offseason, everything that happens in the NFL impacts the bears because the bears are in charge of free agency and the draft right now so yes all of these stories just the second they cross the, the second they show up on your twitter feed you just start thinking about well how does this impact the bears and i mean the biggest story that has happened in the league since we last recorded uh, is jalen carter and it's obviously a, a horrible story unfortunately right. um and Obviously, it's been a week or so since I think that's broken, so I think most people are familiar with the facts, but it does have a, a Bears impact, and that's because if you looked at most mock drafts, or if you asked most Bears fans, the per, the player that most people thought the Bears were going to draft, either first overall or in the top five, depending on where the Bears ultimately picked, most people had them picking Jalen Carter, and yeah. they might still be picking Jalen Carter if he's able to be drafted, which yeah. at the moment it, it sounds like he will be, but obviously just a major character red flag, and I think it's got a lot of people thinking about whether or not that's really the player that they want the Bears to be targeting, especially if it's going to be a top five pick. Which Right, and you know, I, I, I looked at that pretty closely. I read what happened. Um, obviously... Him and it was him and two other vehicles, and they were racing in and out of traffic, and yeah. you know, being you know, 20 year old idiots. Yeah. Which it's pretty hard to, at least from my court, it's pretty hard to throw stones because I did a lot of idiotic things <laughs> at that age, but um, you know, he he wasn't involved, he didn't like crash into the other guy's car and make the guy crash he wasn't involved in in the accident the guy uh didn't make a turn uh he hit the curb the car went airborne um i don't know all the exact details but in the, then the two guys and it died right um so it wasn't he, he wasn't the cause of the accident and it's presumably this is all while they were drinking slash drunk like it could have been the, the driver of the car that that the two that crashed was, I think, twice the legal limit. Point so one nine. It's presumably because I, I I believe that this all originated at a bar or a tavern of some sort, and then they got in their car and started racing down the highway, which is obviously terrible judgment, and it ended yeah. tragically. Um, but to your point, it, it doesn't sound like the charges against Jalen Carter are particularly troubling from a legal standpoint it doesn't sound like he's going to go to jail no at, at least not right now 
it, it sounds like he'll largely get a slap on the wrist legally, and then it's just a, kind of a matter of how that impacts his draft status. And, and, you know, I think what we'll see with that is, you know, these teams do super deep dives on these people. Right. I mean, they do dives on them like none of us regular people can understand. Yeah. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't go to our jobs uh, for an interview and, and get poked and prodded the way these guys do. They don't, they don't go and interview, you know, practically every person that's ever known you. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically like you're getting investigated by the FBI. It is. Like, it is. It's. In fact, I wouldn't doubt if they use ex FBI people right. to do it. You know. So, in fact, uh, you know that's a that's something we should touch on is is uh, the NFLPA coming out and saying, you know what, we think that the combine's time is done. Yeah. Um, but it, just uh, just to talk about Carter a, a bit more, I don't know whether this impacts his draft status as much as the hype around it made it seem right away because when i first read about it it sounded like it was awful Mm -hmm. and then when i read into it while it was stupid uh it it, was it super awful meh i don't know he 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 was doing something that he shouldn't have done as a young man and i don't think that necessarily makes him a bad person uh, but but the one thing that he is going to have to deal with is that he's going to have this scalding light on him for a little while that is going to not put po- not put him in the best picture. Well, yeah, I mean, this is something that'll follow you for the rest of your career. Yeah, I mean, any any team that drafts him is going to get the public backlash that we see all the time. And yeah, to your point, right when this when the story broke, it, it was kind of unclear how serious his involvement was the the dust has kind of settled it sounds like yes he was involved obviously it was he left yeah and then he came back and it and the the trooper trooper sheriff said that uh he'd noticed no signs of uh alcohol yeah i don't even want to get into necessarily like all the facts of the case it's just like to your point right it's obviously a a, a major character concern with right. him but just following the nfl for pretty much my whole life you've seen the nfl turned up turn up a blind eye to, to far worse things yes and i'm not saying that's good and i'm not even necessarily saying that I, i'd be like banging the, the table for the bears to draft jalen carter still i think if they don't want to draft him because of this then that's that's a decision they have to make and, and that's fine but He's, he's not going to fall out of the first round of the draft, I don't think, as long as the charges don't get more serious, right? Like, yeah. it's possible that they do. I don't know the, the laws in Georgia. It's possible that he could end up going to jail, I'm sure. But in all likelihood, he probably won't. And just the NFL, I mean, they can justify a lot of things for players that are extremely talented. And Jalen Carter is extremely talented. And yeah. he, he was going to certainly be a top five pick before all this and i wouldn't be at all surprised if he's a top five pick after this assuming yeah. he's assuming he's kind of free and clear legally speaking so it's going to be a matter of what team now wants to sign up for that and just based on every experience i've ever had with the nfl they can talk about character and wanting good citizens all they want but the second that they have a chance to get a talented player at 
maybe a reduced value because of stuff like this. They they jump at it. So yeah. I, I don't think that I, I've heard speculation. Yeah, those guys aren't stupid. Yeah, they'll use it to their advantage. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that has kind of been in the back of my mind, uh, just in general, since the Bears hired Ryan Poles. Like Ryan Poles came from Kansas City. <laughs> they they've won championships in large part due to players that they got that had major character concerns. Yeah. Like, go back and read why Tyreek Hill got drafted in the fifth round, even though he was a first-round talent. And yeah. Some of, the, some of the worst stuff you'll, you'll ever read, but obviously they were willing to take him in the fifth round, and he was a huge part of the dynasty that they're currently, that they're, that they're currently in. So there's other players on that roster, too. And I heard Kyle Long even talking about this, too. He's like, Kansas City... They take chances on guys that may have character flaws. And I don't know what Ryan Pohl's personal philosophy is on that, but he came from the Chiefs. And that organization is kind of known as the organization that'll give guys a second chance or that'll overlook character flaws or however you want to phrase it. That's just something that they've used to their advantage. So, Well, and you know, if you want to get a good idea of what Pohl's thinks, just look at the Chiefs. He was there for 13 years. I mean, you don't, you're not with an organization for that amount of time without having some kind of impact on it. And it wasn't like he was there, uh, you know, as a, one of the, you know, minor coaches or something. He was there in a serious position of responsibility. So that there's no way that roster doesn't have a serious imprint on it from him. Yeah, right? I, I would think so. And just knowing how the NFL works, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Ryan Foles is sitting in his office now and thinking to himself something to the effect of, well, before this, we probably couldn't have traded down to anywhere lower than three and still gotten Carter. Now maybe we could trade down to five or so. Like That's just how these guys think. Yeah. And if, if Jalen Carter's in good standing with the league which I think he probably will be I don't think he's going to be facing any sort of suspension for this because he it happened before he was declared he's not he's not in the NFL yeah so I don't I, don't, I would imagine that he's going to be a NFL draftee in good standing and eligible to be picked and it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bears walked away from this draft still with Jalen Carter and then We've we've seen the playbook on all this before with, in professional sports. It's you you have a couple of uncomfortable press conferences or interviews, and then you you kind of move on with it. And whether or not you like that or don't like that, that's just how it works. And I think that that's how it's going to work in this case. I, I've heard speculation that Carter might fall out of the the first round, and there, there's no way he's he's just he's too talented and. Yeah. NFL teams will overlook a lot of things and have overlooked a lot of things that are worse than this. Yeah. Not that this is good or smart or reflects well on Jalen Carter, but we just, we know how this works. Right. Right. I mean, so, you know, like you said, uh, if it, if it was a more serious issue, I could see, um, you know, something happening. Uh, but right now, technically, it's a traffic ticket. I mean, that's yeah. really what it is. Um, even, even, and, uh, you know, was it a stupid thing? Yeah, it was a stupid thing. It, is it something to blow up his entire life over? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, he, 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 he did something stupid. What, what I'm sure polls will be looking at is, you know, what does this guy have a history of this, right? Does he have a, 
you know, I mean, we don't know his history. All we know is this happened, right? It's like, can, but, can we trust him? If, yeah, exactly. That's what he'll be looking at. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think if he had other major uh, character issues, I think we probably would have heard it by now. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to think, the, the um, deep dive into this guy didn't just start with this. No. It's been going on for a year. Which was kind of weird because nobody knew about this until the day of the combine. I don't know if the NFL just knew and didn't say anything, but it was surprising to me that he made it to the combine knowing that this was kind of hanging over his head. Well, the, um, now the announcement of his warrant for Reckless just happened. That's yeah. the way I understand it. But So... So that might have been, maybe that was the it just, trigger. It just surprised me that the NFL didn't have somebody that we were like one of the undercover guys that we were talking about earlier talking. <laughs> like I, it, it really, really it was surprising to me because, like you said, the NFL knows everything about yeah. about all these guys. Like they look into the, the background checks that they look into are so much more advanced than any anywhere else. Like it, it was pretty surprising to me that it, it just seemed like the league kind of was was blindsided by this. Um, but maybe well, and you know, the, there's the other part is uh, when, when you're when you're talking. I was thinking about this. It, it just occurred to me, maybe he's not interested in drafting Jalen Carter. You know, that's one of the things that we, we don't, know. don't have any idea yet. This is that's one of the things that makes this off season uh, skipping back yeah. to what you were saying. This is what's one of the things that makes this off season so exciting is seeing what polls does because he has so much. He has so much flexibility. We've been talking about yeah. that and resources available to him this year, unlike last year. That just going through free agency and then getting to the draft. I mean, obviously, we'll have a clearer picture of what is going to happen in the draft after free agency, right? But I mean, we're all just kind of assuming that it's going to be Carter because we're in position to take a key defensive guy, which those kind of guys don't come up in free agency yeah. very often, and. Uh, you know, we need a defensive tackle. Well, so. it's in, I mean, because this is, I mean, there are, I have heard other just kind of character, not issues, but kind of some of the stuff you'd normally hear about super talented players and questions about, does Jalen Carter have the best work ethic? Does he take plays off? Like things like that. And that's not necessarily uncommon for guys in college, especially the elite players, but yep. some of that stuff has popped up. So like you said, uh, the bears are, are going to look at all of it and, they might just say that, hey, this guy, even though he's insanely talented, like they can't blow this pick. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if 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 they think that there's a risk related to character, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're just like not interested. We're gonna go get a, a good player at a different position because they they need to get a good player here. Yeah. They need to get a lot of good players, and if this pick busts, then that's gonna be a, a huge missed opportunity. And and I'm sure they know that. And we don't know who they're interested in. I mean, we've all kind of presumed it's Jalen Carter. I think most uh, draft scouts have him as the number one talent in this draft. Yep. Um, he's not going to go first overall, probably, because he's not a quarterback. But I think that there's certainly a lot of other good players, too. And maybe to, to shift and kind of juxtaposed with, with all of this was Will Anderson at the Combine, who actually did really well. And if you had a chance to listen to any of his interviews, he just sounds like a really, really strong character. Sounds like a really nice kid. Sounds like he's got a, a great work ethic. Sounds like he really loves football. It wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bears want to go that route and say, 
All right, maybe Carter's a little bit better. I, he does play three technique, which is a, a more important position. But Will Anderson, he, he's kind of sounded to me like a hits principal guy, just like a guy that's going to put his nose to the grindstone and just <laughs> nice. go in there and just you know be busting it from day one and just be a really, really good addition to the locker room and the chemistry. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they just say, hey, that guy, he's got all the intangibles we want. He's also an elite prospect. He also plays at a position of need, which everything is a position of need for the Bears. But He was an absolute stud in yeah. college. Yeah, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're just like, all right, that's, that's who we're going to take. And really, the difference between taking um, an inside guy and an outside guy at that level, really you're splitting hairs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just that mostly comes down to what you saw as productivity, uh, you know, uh, as as far as as far as how is it's going to tr- how that productivity in college is going to translate to the NFL, because when it comes right down to it, both of them are extremely highly rated. Both of them uh, were major, uh, ma- made had major accomplishments at in, major programs at major programs, right? And so. You know, it, it, I mean, we for all we know at this point, Poles could have have had his sights on, on uh, Anderson the entire time. Yeah, and you know, we we the way things are playing out right now with the board uh, having the quarterback skyrocket yeah. uh, certainly more after the after yesterday's uh, results. Uh, it's it it, it it still is going to put us in position to have that guy in front of us. Absolutely, and he might not want either of the players we yeah, just talked about. That's true. Like, that's the thing we don't know. I mean, he might just look at it and say, "I don't want to trade. I want to trade out of the top five. He's like, I. He might just be thinking, "I want to get as many picks as I can, and I'm going to trade down to ten and a, and get four second round picks or whatever." Like we just don't know, right? Yeah. So. Uh, it, it's all it's all speculation at this point, and it's a good pivot by you to the quarterback market because quarterbacks have been in the news at the combine. I think uh, they've the, the last couple of days seem like it's been quarterback day. I don't follow the combine super closely typically, but all the buzz is that Anthony Richardson just had a insane performance. He ran what a four four three. That's pretty fast, and he's just his athletic metrics are just off the charts. Like yeah. he's just an insane athletic, he's an insane athlete. And the downside to him is that I think he only played 13 games at quarterback in yeah. college, something like that. So he, he's very inexperienced. He's very raw, but I've heard scouts say that he is the most athletic talent at quarterback in the draft. He just doesn't have the accomplishments. So there, there's been a ton of buzz around him. Obviously, that's in addition to Bryce Young and Stroud, who most people think are top top five picks, if not number one and number two. Stroud boosted his uh, his draft status too. It's it, it, people we have reached that time <laughs> when all eyes are on the quarterbacks and they skyrocket up the board every year. Every every single year except, this happens, except last year. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, last year was uh, you know that one was uh, that was actually a very interesting draft that, because yeah. it, it, they were also uh, rated rated so low. But this is definitely not the same thing. 
Uh, we've got four solid spots in the draft uh, that are going to be quarterback. They're probably all going to be within the top 10. Um, and, you know, there's, uh, you know, like any other draft, there's plus and minuses about each guy. I don't think, number one, that Fields is going anywhere. <laughs> Fields has every single right in the universe to be back as the Bears starter. I think any other choice is the wrong choice. And I think that going into the next season uh, with him and building around him is going to show off the fact that we're not close to tapping into 100% of that guy's talent yet. No, I, I agree. I there's just it, it's I mean it's it, I understand why the discussion is still happening. It's a very easy discussion to have a hot. Bryce Young on. actually just met with the Bears. I'm sure he did. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's the other thing too is people are are like saying that the Bears are meeting. Well, like of course they're meeting with the quarterbacks. They have the first overall pick. Yeah, <laughs> like why would they not? I mean they they need people to think that they might draft a quarterback. That was another thing. People were. Uh, reacting to Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, talking about, I guess he kind of threw some water on the the discussion that they might trade with the Bears, kind of intimating that the Bear, that the Colts might not want to move up to number one. I'm like, what, what do people expect? <laughs> what do people expect these NFL executives to say? Like, do you think Chris Ballard's going to come out and say, yes, we're going to trade all of our assets to the Bears to get pick number one because we want to draft Bryce Young? Yeah. Like, what would be gained by him saying that? Of course he's going to try to... To throw to to try to reduce some of the noise around that discussion. So just everything you hear from these, we other- want it to be vague <laughs> because we want yes. them talking about it because we're sitting in the chair. Yeah, like everything that you hear from anybody in the NFL over the next two months leading up to the draft, you just have to ignore. Exactly. Like, it, it's it's all it's all done with the intent of misleading other teams. Right. Like they're thinking about what they want to say publicly, and they're saying it. And how many times do people need to learn this lesson that NFL teams will say something and then do the exact opposite <laughs> all the time? We we remember when Ryan Pace said he was going to draft a quarterback every year? Oh yeah, how, how did that work yeah, out? That didn't happen. <laughs> so what what they say publicly typically doesn't David really mean much. Yeah, they, they, these guys. Their, their job at this time of the year is to lie publicly. So just, I, I think that any buzz around these quarterbacks so far, I think it's been mostly good news. I mean, Bryce Young, he weighed in over 200 pounds, which 204. I guess is the magical 510 number. and 1.8. And that's the magical number that people wanted to make him viable as a quarterback. Anthony Richardson getting a lot of buzz is good for the Bears because that's just another guy in the mix. I haven't heard anything about Will Levis, but that's a guy that probably will go in the top of the first round as well. I mean, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. And yeah, and, and you know, that's it every year. Yeah. Every single year. And it will always be. Yeah. And forever. And as long as football exists, it will always be. That's why, uh, you know, being in the driver's seat like this is such an extraordinary experience for yeah. uh, for Bears management and fans because for once, we don't have to scratch and claw to get up to something. We get to sit back and let everybody come to us. And I think Poles is a shrewd negotiator. 
I really do. We're coming against the, we're coming from the guy who gave away everything. <laughs> to, I think we have a guy now that is extremely uh, extremely shrewd uh, and looks at every deal like, yeah, I think he can give a little bit more to me for this. Yeah, exactly right. And like I just said, I mean, every team in the NFC needs a quarterback, pretty yeah. much. Like, it, who do you like? Who's I was just trying to run through this. Who's the best quarterback in the NFC right now? Hurts. Uh, Hurts. Assuming Rogers leaves. Yeah, Hurts is definitely got to be in the conversation. In the conversation. <laughs> and who's second? <laughs> like Fields. Yeah, Cousins. I, I you know, Dak. <laughs> I, I right now, I, I a friend of mine who's a Cowboys fan asked me this the other day, and I told him point blank, Fields is going to be a top five quarterback in 2023. I 100% believe that. I do think that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and I think that that part, the the passing part, is going to explode. But that put aside, right num right now with the numbers, I suppose that you would go. Uh, maybe you would go to Cousins in number. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I probably wouldn't put Cousins in front of Dak Prescott. Okay, I mean that's yeah. I mean Dak's good, but yeah. I mean that that's just my point, right? Like the. There, there are so many teams that need quarterbacks. So like, many. The, the fact that we have to debate Dak Tom versus... Brady had a pretty good year. I mean, even... He's retired. Uh, uh, well, I know. I'm just saying, yeah. if you're basing it on 2022 numbers, mm-hmm. he, he still had a pretty good year. Yeah, so, he, so he's gone. It sounds like Rodgers is going to leave, and it sounds like the two teams that most people think he's going to go to are the Jets or so the, what the is, Raiders. what is 12 going to do? <laughs> he's gonna go sleep. Okay, we know he went and slept in a cave for four days. <laughs> what? what? I, I was hoping he'd just stay there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, you know, it, it, that's it, uh. that's one of the things. Is that <laughs> okay? So I know that uh, just, they they buzzed around Jets for a while. Yeah, and he's now just, he's just such a. Just, I know. Like I was listening. Go away. I was listening to his interview, and he's like, he was talking about this retreat he did, and he's like. Yeah, I had to confront all of these fears about my retirement. I'm like, you know what your fear about your retirement in it is? It's that if you retire, you're losing $100 million. Yeah, like exactly. That, that's your fear. Just shut up. But um, right now, actually, I have it. I had it pulled up right before this. So the sports books uh, have Vegas as the big favorite to get Aaron Rodgers. Um, he obviously reunite with Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams yeah. um, and that seems to make some sense to me. It seems like... Please, I, let it, it happen. I don't, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers even really wants to play. I just think he wants his money at this point. So Vegas would be nice for him because he gets to play with his buddy. And I don't really think there's a lot of expectations there. Like, Yeah, I, I got to say, I, I don't blame him for wanting the money. No, I, I don't. don't. I mean, if I was him, I'd want the money too. I'd want $60 million. When, when, when somebody promises you that kind of money uh, in advance and guarantees it to you, I'd be like, yeah, I'm getting paid. Yeah, so he's a, so Vegas is a big favorite. Uh, the second team is the Jets, and then it drops off big from there. Yeah. And the Jets, I mean, obviously the Jets are have a good roster and they need a quarterback, but... Does Aaron Rodgers seem like the kind of guy that would do well in New York? <laughs> like, just, seriously, like, I, I I don't I don't think it's man good. the the combination of twelve and Jets fans that yeah. doesn't sound like a good equation. I don't think it's going to happen for a couple reasons. That's one. The second one is because Favre also went to the Jets. Oh yeah, and right. I just I just I, I I don't get the sense that Rodgers wants to create another comparison between him and Brett Favre. 
I don't know. He just seems like the type of guy that would care about that. And I mean, yeah. but, but like you said, seriously, the, the New York thing is a big deal. I mean, Aaron Rodgers can't handle the media in Green Bay. <laughs> yeah. And that's like three guys from the local high school, probably. Right. So like, I mean, there's a reason he goes on only McAfee's McAfee, show. And it's yeah. because he knows that by going on that show, he's going to, he's talking to an audience that is just going to agree with everything he says and pump him up. Like, that's not how it works in New York. I'm Pat McAfee, <laughs> and I'm a total idiot, but I do get number 12 on my show. <laughs> like, so some now people know who I am. Yeah, so like, like, I was listening to Boomer Esiason, and he told this story when he played for the Jets, where he was, like, driving through the city, and there was a car crash ahead of him. And he, like, got out of his car, and he saved this woman from the car that she was in. And she, like, woke up, and she's like, Boomer? Man, you guys suck. <laughs> like that's how, like that's how it is in New York, man. And like I don't know, maybe maybe he'll be fine. I mean, he he's got enough money that he could probably just go and just tune it all out if he wants to and not really care, but I don't know, that just doesn't seem like a match. Vegas seems just like a better fit for him just Oh yeah. Obviously, he can just go and collect his money and I don't really And Devontae Adams is there. I mean, yeah. he, he the, I mean that is I think you could probably say that's one of the best quarterback-receiver combos in the history of the NFL. And it's, I mean, Vegas, like, they didn't have a good record last year, but they've got a lot of talent on that roster. I mean, I think they went 7-10, and but they had, had like, five just, like, of the most insane fourth-quarter collapses I've ever seen. So they're not that far away, especially if they upgrade a quarterback, which, even though Rodgers didn't have a great year last year, going from Carr to Rodgers would still be an upgrade. Uh, Absolutely. Assuming Rodgers is invested and actually puts the time in, which... And then flipping the script, uh, the rumor is that Carr is going to the Jets. Yeah, Carr... I've heard Carr, Jets, Saints, Bucks. I don't know. I mean, if you've got a team like the Jets or the Bucks that are still pretty good, plugging in Derek Carr, I think, you know, he's a pretty good quarterback. I don't think he's elite. I don't think he's terrible. I think he's kind of just in the middle there, so... If you throw him on one of those teams that probably has a championship roster otherwise, then I, I think that probably sets you up pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think that he's at the same level as Rodgers, even though Rodgers kind of had a down year last year. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, so I did want to touch briefly on uh, back on the, the combine again. So, yes, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Richardson blasts off his uh, – Draft stock, uh, six foot four, two hundred forty four pounds. Uh, he calls himself Cam Jackson. Okay, <laughs> because he compares. He likes. He he's liked uh, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson so much. <laughs> I mean, I have. I mean, yeah. Cam athletically is is the comp I've heard, and I mean, Cam Newton is an insane athlete. So, yeah. I mean, he, uh, so young, um, uh, young five ten, one eight. And 204 pounds. Kyler Murray at the Combine. 5'10", 207. Yeah. So they're almost identically the same size. Also, uh, uh, um, they said that uh, uh, Murray is the shortest first-round quarterback since 1967, and he's tied for the lightest. With Johnny Manziel, <laughs> so so Young is in that. I I, I certainly think Young uh, has proven 
ten times over that he's more successful than either of those well, guys. Well, it's just funny because it's NFL teams, and we don't know what's going to happen here, but NFL teams just don't seem to want to learn this lesson. They'll, they'll always go for the traits as opposed to the guy that was productive. Yeah. And Bryce, I know. Like Bryce Young, you could make an argument. Actually, you probably don't even have... It's probably a pretty easy argument that he's the best quarterback in Alabama's history. It could be. I mean, it's him or Mac Jones. Yeah. And Bryce Young just had an insane college career and has shown he can produce. But NFL teams say, oh, well, he's 5'10", and we got Anthony Richardson, who's this insane athlete, but only plays 13 games. And somehow it's a debate between those two. The yeah, ba- this, uh, real quick, uh, uh, Heisman Trophy winner, SEC Con- uh, Conference Offensive Player of the Year 2021, in two seasons as a starter, 79 touchdowns versus 12 picks. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. And, and, <laughs> and, and at least one national championship, right? Yeah. So um, it's just a weird thing in the NFL that, that teams will just always, I think, defer to that traits versus the production. And it typically doesn't work out very well. I mean, we saw the Bears do that when they drafted Mitch over yeah. Mahomes and... Watson. Watson and that didn't go well <laughs> um yeah. I don't know like has I was trying to think just quick like has that ever really worked out where you draft a just insanely athletic quarterback that didn't really have any great production in college like does that ever work you know uh, that that would be worth researching I guess I I, I don't know, know. Uh, Bears fans maybe you can help us out with that you know plug it up on the uh on Twitter uh because I can't think of one. I mean, we're talking about Cam, but Cam won a national He won a national championship, yeah. Lamar won the Heisman, I think. Yeah, or, I think he or did. Or was at least a finalist. I, I don't know how well... He Mar- was He was at Louisville, too, and... Um, wasn't he? Yeah, Louisville. Yeah, and he was... He made their program very successful with a bunch of, like, stiffs around him. Right. So I mean, Mahomes might actually be the club. I mean, Mahomes had good numbers in college, but he was running the air raid. Yeah, and I don't think Texas Tech was really great when he was there. So maybe no, the, the team was terrible, but he was amazing. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's it. But I mean, he was at least still playing and had good numbers. Yeah, and was an insane athlete. It just took him some time because he was not in a pro style offense, which yeah. is why he sat for most of his rookie year. But. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really think of a great example either. I mean, I it's easier actually to think of a uh, of a quarterback that came into the NFL that had success in college and then didn't translate to the NFL. Craig Krenzel. Wow. Well, I mean, that, that that happens all the time that you've got guys from big programs that do great in college and they're just not NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. But you, you see this stuff from time to time. I mean, tr- the Niners did it with Trey Lance, and yeah. that hasn't worked out to date. And there's an asterisk there because a big part of that is because he tore his ACL yeah. last year. I think that was the injury. He was out for the year. Um, so, it's you know, a- that even though with him, though, uh, uh, Purdy, uh, they're, they're saying that Lance is, is going to be the default starter simply because Purdy's not going to be back from his injury by that time. That, does, that doesn't surprise me. So, I mean, when you're, when you're looking at it from that aspect, that's not all that great of a, <laughs> you know, of, a, of, a, of an accolade at this point in your <laughs> career. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't, I think he only played two games, Lance, and they, I mean. Neither it, it one was, of them were a consequence. It was the Bears, right? Yeah. That was the, the Bears win, and I mean, that's 
again. That was the crazy weather game. And then I think his second game, he got hurt. So, But he was pretty terrible in that game. Against the Bears? Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't good. Um, so we're going to see what happens with, with Richardson. I mean, to me, it's you, you take the guy that is a proven winner and me too has shown that he can play quarterback at the highest levels. I'm not, I'm not shy about saying I 100% wanted Deshaun Watson. His numbers in college were insane. Not to mention his success level. And, uh, the fact, the fact that, I mean, putting aside what has happened since then, (laughs) but just based on his football ability and him coming out of college, I thought he was a sure winner. And he's been insanely good in the NFL. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. The, the off the field stuff is a part of it, but you didn't know that at the time. And he's been insanely productive and he signed the biggest contract, I think in NFL history. So uh, if you just start talking about on the field play, he certainly has uh, outperformed Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) So, um, Yeah, it's just like one of those things, right? And I'm sure there are examples that I'm forgetting of a guy that was pretty raw and did develop at the NFL level, but none are coming to the top of my head, at least not recently. No, I'm going to research that for next week's show. Lamar Lamar did win the Heisman, by the way, in 2016. So, um, you know, that being said, uh, with the Bears, you know, we'll shift gears real quick uh, over to the franchise tag. So... Unfortunately, uh, a guy that I really wanted the Bears to steal, Deron Payne, got tagged. Um, The uh, commanders are going to figure out how to work out his deal so that they can uh, so that they they can sign him to a long term because the tandem of him and Jonathan Taylor, uh, who was another player that I wanted for the Bears, um, uh, they so they can keep that that that. Duo, which is one of the best in the NFL. Are you talking about? You said Jonathan Taylor. You're talking yeah, about, that, that's the running back. You're talking about the other tackle on Washington. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, uh, what is his name? I'm trying to. I, it's, I'm spacing on it as well. Anyway, but they, they've uh, got an insane defensive line. Yeah, they have a they have a, a great front, uh, great front four, great front seven, um, and uh, you know they uh, now at the same time they uh, have quarterback woes. Um, as bad as anybody in the NFL. Yeah, they just released Wentz. Um, I mean, they're they're gonna they're putting all their eggs in the Sam Howell basket. <laughs> uh, wow, that <laughs> that's that that's uh, that that's quite a that's quite the. Uh, and I don't think anybody's gonna sign there because it's just a trash organization. Oh man, you know I don't know how you would want to go there. You know, unless you have no other offers that are even close. Right. So. You know, again, there's lots of teams that are going to be looking at it. Um, who else? Uh, oh, um, Josh Jacobs is expected to get the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan Ingram got it. As Evan a, Ingram as got another it. player that I wanted the Bears. To I target. wanted the Bears to get him too. Uh, who? Oh, we went and got. Uh, old man on the hill <laughs> instead, right? Well, so this is interesting. So. The um, so I was listening to Biggs talk about this, and this free agency class is just very weak right now, and I think that's probably due to the fact that people think the salary cap is going to go way up with these new TV. It deals. is so I, I think teams are just throwing more money at their their own guys, which puts the Bears at a disadvantage because they don't really. Jonathan have... Allen, 
Jonathan. Oh, that's the red. That's the that's the defensive. That's tackle. the commanders guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's good. And then obviously they got Chase Young too. But yeah, I think that Bears fans need to kind of set themselves up to be uh, disappointed by what the Bears are going to bring in in free agency, just because there's not a ton of great names out there. I, I, I think the Bears will sign a lot of guys. But I don't think you're going to get the big splash that a lot of Bears fans are looking for just because some of the best names are already off the board because their team's franchise tagged them. Right. I mean, the Bears, I mean, the biggest name right now that, that I think people don't know about is Saquon. Yeah. And I was talking to you about this before that Bears, my sports book actually has the Bears as favorites to get Saquon, which is kind of interesting. Um, that would be an exciting name. Uh, but otherwise, there's just some players that have already been uh, franchised by their own team, so obviously not available, and that's a bummer because the Bears need a ton of talent because they don't have any currently, and they have a lot of money to throw around, and that, yeah. mo- that money has to go somewhere, and uh, that's why I think Bears fans are going to be disappointed. I think the Bears are going to sign some players that they're probably going to overpay for just because they have to spend the money. And yeah. Uh, you kind of have to do that, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of kind of one-year deals for big money, because then obviously you get out of them after one year, and you're not necessarily tying up your salary cap space for for multiple years on maybe guys that aren't worth it. Well, I tell you, you know what we're gonna what we're gonna see is I think we're gonna see a good mix. Um, you know, some of the splash players that we really wanted, Deron Payne and Orlando Brown are the first two players that automatically jump into my mind because they were both really very high-level players, very high-level ranked, um, due for big, big contracts, which we can afford, which really the two teams that they're on, the Chiefs and the Commanders, don't really have that versatility, but it looks like they're going to do it anyway. Um you know, that's that, what is the salary cap anyway? <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, uh, those are, those would have uh, been huge additions, and it doesn't look like we're going to be able to get our hands on either. Deron Payne is the per- perfect example of why you do still draft a Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, because those guys just don't come available. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they uh, the commanders are making a actually a really smart decision with, with that because they know that um, he's a he's a key guy uh, but what we got to see what we got to see is where are the scouting group uh, for the Bears and Poles and Cunningham come in to find those guys that aren't necessarily the top of the screen guys yeah. right you know who are the guys that are just below those those guys are, let's say, A plus. Who who are the guys that are A minus or B plus? Yeah. You know, that's where there's there's got to be some of those guys out there, and those are the kind of guys that they gotta they they gotta reach out and grab for, so that we can start filling out this roster with some talent. Yeah. And and I think I I think it's I think it's a. a a poor idea to look at last year's group and say there's nothing there. I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. But obviously, it's something that 
we, the, the team has holes all over it. Well, yeah, and last year they were, they were bargain shopping. Yeah, they were. They were, they were signing. He didn't, he didn't like, he wasn't coy about it. No, they were, they were signing low, they were signing kind of low tier free agents to one year deals at low money. And, and most of them were like, hey, come and prove it. Yeah, and, and most of them did not. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I, 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 and I think, I think you're going to see more than last year, right? There, there's, like you said, there's your kind of top tier guys. We'll see if any of those become available. The Bears certainly have the money if Orlando Brown does move on. The Bears certainly have the money if they want to bring him in. But there's top tier, there's kind of bottom tier, which is where they were shopping last year. And then there's a lot of guys in that middle who are good players that are going to command probably big money, probably more money than they actually are worth in most cases. But I think those are the guys that you're going to see brought in because they do have a lot of money to spend and it's got to go somewhere. And I thought um, I, that's the kind of player I thought we were getting with Lucas Patrick. Ugh. Well, well and you know he, he's back. He he just he had an awful year. He, he yeah, got, he got hurt in camp, and then he played a little bit, and he played poorly, and then he got hurt again. Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely <laughs> last year was definitely an incomplete. Yeah, uh, you know. So um, I'm just saying, I feel like that that's kind of the mold that we're looking right. Um, guys that are in their mid twenties, uh, guys that. Um, have shown some real ability. I, I think that Justin Jones played well. Uh, I really do. I um, I haven't gone and exactly measured his numbers against the rest of his career numbers, but I think he pretty much was at the top of his game since he's been in the NFL. And that's what we were looking for for him. Nobody was expecting him to come in and be a stud tackle. Yeah, But he did come in and played very well and played. He he was he, he was one of the consistent he, players. He, he was out there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, that, and, and you gotta remember, he had nobody around. That, him. That's what I was thinking. It's like I'd, I'd like to see him surrounded by other NFL players on yeah. the defensive line. I mean, the the players that the Bears were throwing out there on on the line, especially towards the end of the year, is just like it, defensive line is arguably the worst spot. In the team. Yeah, I mean, it was the worst defensive line in the NFL by far. Yeah. Like, Justin Jones, <laughs> I think, I think showed you enough to sh- to say that he's at least a, a starting level player. Yeah. But he was the only one on that line that you could say that about. Oh, yeah. There's other guys that you maybe feel fine if they're in there as kind of the backup or even the third string. But they need to completely overhaul that group. And I wouldn't be upset if Justin Jones is, is brought back as the, the starting three technique. I think he played well enough that he should at least get an opportunity to show what he can do in a defense that has more talent. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be mad if they upgraded at that spot either. So that's kind of where we're at. I mean, a lot's happened since we last recorded. That's kind of a recap. Um, I know you had a, another idea that you were excited about for kind of the last part <laughs> of the podcast here. Yeah. So um, I've been, I've been thinking about this uh, a lot recently and uh, so I pose this to Jim, and we certainly want your feedback on it too. Why is it that the Bears' <laughs> passing game always sucks? <laughs> and I mean, this is uh, this is a serious question. Uh, I mean, it's obviously kind of funny, <laughs> but it's not funny. Uh, it's kind of a, a fundamental Bears question. If it you will. <laughs> really is. I mean, so I was thinking about it. If you look at it. And you don't go all the way back to '92, right? Back to back to Dicka, because really that era of football was different, right? Uh, our buddy Matt loves to chirp about the fact that you know people shouldn't be looking that far back because D 
defenses having the best defense isn't as important anymore and i agree with that and running and the running game certainly isn't that important anymore but if you just go back to 2006 which was the last time the bears were in the super bowl we we do forget that we actually were in the super bowl in the 21st century. <laughs> yeah. You, you do forget that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a lot of other teams that haven't been there, so. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's it's funny, right? It's it's like, you, you say the question kind of jokingly. But yeah. There's so many. There, there's so many examples the, of it. Well, and there's so many reasons why that is true. Like, the Bears have just been so incompetent at so many different levels that we thought it'd be kind of fun for the off season to kind of just take a few minutes per episode and just kind of do a deeper dive into one of the reasons why the, the passing game has been terrible. So I think that we want to start with just a complete inability to identify <laughs> any any reasonable offensive coordinator. Yes! And, and if, if you think about it, right, because your point about the modern NFL, right, is it, the, the, the NFL changes every five years. But if we just go back to Lovey, yeah. and you look at the offensive coordinators that the Bears have had since Lovey, it's it, it'll make you throw. Yeah, I mean it it uh, it, it directly affected his fire a uh, firing. Yeah, because if you look at Lovey just as a coach, players played hard for him. Yeah. If you look at Lovey as far as wins and losses, he's definitely he. I think he's in the sixty percentile. Yeah, and and his problems had nothing to do with defense. It was never being able to figure out the offense. Yeah, and he not to mention he he has playoff wins. And the Bears went to the Super Bowl with him. But the simple fact of the matter is is that he could never get the offense going. And his list of offensive coordinators is offensive. Yes. It's terrible. It's disgusting. I'm just reading it right now. So. You know, so, so the reason I brought this up is, you know, where... How does this change? Where do we see change affected? And now, right now, um, there's already been uh, in the 2022 season. There's already been some buzz about uh, you know about Getze. Is he a good offensive coordinator? Because the offense definitely had some struggles last year in the coaching factor. Yeah, it did. Not in the receivers, not in the offensive line, not in Justin Fields. In some of the play calling. Now, I contributed some of that to the fact that he hadn't played it. He hadn't called any plays in yeah. the NFL, right? There were there were games that the play calling had people openly questioning whether or not they were trying to lose on purpose. Exactly, like, and that's a bad thing. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> it. It was kind of a, a joke because the Bears obviously we're tanking yeah <laughs> but you want tanking to happen at the executive level not necessarily <laughs> during right. the games right and i don't think they were doing that to be clear but there were definitely times when the bears would get down into scoring position and the play calling would get so conservative and they would take the ball out of field's hands like they would get into the red zone and hand it off to montgomery and herbert and I do understand that, yes, the Bears had an effective run game. It was the only part of the team that was effective last year. But the idea is that when you get into scoring position, you want the ball in your best player's hands. And the best player was Fields, and they, they took the ball out of his hands too often in scoring situations. I mean, so I just, you know, we, we decided to pull up a list of some of the guys here. <laughs> and, you know, this is going back from Getze, right? 
Bill Lazor, Mark Helfrich, Do- Dole Loggins, <laughs> uh, you know, Adam Gase, that, that, that Aaron was, Cromer. That was the one good year of, well, not the one good year, he had the other good years, but that was his best year was under Adam Gase. It was that, under Adam Gase. That, that was true. The, that was also his last year in Chicago, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Mike Tice, <laughs> Mike Martz. I remember the Mike Martz, I was absolutely Furious when we took him because uh, we, we, we he um, Ron Turner got fired, which Deservedly. delighted all Bears fans. Uh, but then they were looking; for, they they were like, "Okay, so we're going to make a thorough search, a very thorough. We're going to be super thorough search for a new OC." And suddenly, out of the blue, Mike Martz makes this own proclamation of, "Hey, Bears, come get me." Yeah. <laughs> and so, so it was like, like Lovey was like, "Yeah, we're still gonna make a thorough search." So nobody wants the job, and they end up getting Mike Martz. Yeah, well, the problem. I was just like, "What?" The problem with that one was everybody kind of thought Lovey was gonna get fired because yeah, that, he was the lame duck coach, which ended up not being true because they hired Martz, and then they went to the NFC Championship game, which yeah. got him a couple more years, but. Going into that year, everyone thought it was Lovey's last job, so nobody wanted the offensive coordinator job because you were going to go there for one year and then be out of work again. But yeah, the the Mike Martz experience was was frustrating. I mean, it was uh, arguably Cutler's best moment with the Bears is when he screamed at Mike Martz to f off on Monday Night Football. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Do you remember that? But <laughs> I mean, since two thousand, Luke Getze is the Bears' twelfth. Offensive coordinator. That's not good. I mean, you know, yes, Cutler had a lot of uh, a lot of eccentricities, if you will, right? But to say that he was a crappy quarterback, I think, is a, a mischaracterization. Yeah, I always defend Cutler, and perhaps not deservedly so, because he did bring a lot of this on himself. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he had. Terrible coaching his entire time here. And, for- and not to mention a whole lot of it. Was there four or five during his regime? Uh, it was... I think five. It was Turner, Martz, um, Tice. Turner, Martz, Tice, Cromer. So Cromer, yeah. Crom- and then Gase. Okay. Yeah, because Cromer would have been under trust. And then Loggins. Yeah. Yeah, so... So, and, well, when you say Cromer, like, the offensive coordinator at that time was really Mark Trestman, which... Right. How, how did that go? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that list is awful. And Cutler certainly didn't maximize his own talents, but, yeah. The, the... Actually, one of Trestman's year was one of the most... Is, like, one of the top three most productive offensive years in the hundred year history of well, the Bears. That year, Tressman's first year, the offense, I think <laughs> I think the Bears had the second best offense in the NFL. Yeah. Which is crazy that that team that didn't make the playoffs shows you how bad the defense but was. But the defense gave up almost exactly as much as the offense put out. Yeah, I mean that <laughs> that that was I think they had the second best offense and literally the worst defense. Yeah. Which I mean we don't need to revisit all that, but no. um, yeah, I mean, people. I mean, people do forget that going into Tressman's second year. I do forget. 
dull Loggins. <laughs> people, people forget that going into Tressman's second year, a lot of people picked the Bears as Super Bowl, and a lot of people picked Cutler as MVP. Yeah, which correct me if I'm wrong, did not happen. No, it didn't happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a sad it's a sad list when you go back and you look at what the Bears surrounded Cutler with. They they did have the one good year that we talked about with Tressman. He had a couple other really good years in there too. Logan's record as team offensive coordinator was eight and twenty four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, um. I mean, yeah. That and when you go back to how does this change? Um. We'll see about Getzy. Yeah. Now the one of the reasons that I was super excited about bringing in Getzy, and I really was, and I still am excited about him being with the team, was the fact that he worked with twelve. Hey, I don't like that guy as much as anybody out there, but you you gotta respect the accuracy level of that quarterback's play. It's unbelievable. It, it's it's among the best in the history of the NFL, mm-hmm. and. I, what I wanted to see from Getze was see them bring in an offense that had that high level of accuracy with passing and also used 12's ability to an extend a play. Because we have a quarterback that can extend a play even better than 12. Mm-hmm. So those should be strengths. And right now... We're still in this transitional period, so we've certainly been able to see uh, the extension of plays like nobody's maybe ever seen in the history of the NFL, right? I mean, wow, uh, one can extend a play like nobody's business. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, and it's interesting because... You, you said earlier you think the Bears are going to be... Or you said Fields is going to be a top five quarterback. I do. So if that's true, then... This is going to be the last year that the Bears have Luke Getze because he's going to get a head coaching job. Well, and that but, could happen. And and at that point, the way that we fix this is that, yes, the, they'll hire somebody new. But at that point, the offensive coordinator is Justin Fields, right? Like, <laughs> if he's a top five quarterback, then he is the de facto offensive coordinator, regardless of who's sitting there with the headset on. And you know what? That, that's a great point because the thing is, is that 12 is a, the, a part of the offensive coordinator yeah. job. Tom Brady was definitely an OC. Yeah. Peyton Manning was an OC. Drew Brees was an OC. If you look at the very top guys, they had super close relationships with their OCs, and they had the same one for a long period. And, and they were running the show. Like I, I remember hearing stories of when Peyton Manning went to Denver. So this was Fox's Denver teams. Yeah. And Manning got there, and he just... Basically overhauled the entire thing. Like, he, he he changed he changed the way they did. He changed pra- it to Peyton's offense. He changed the way they did practice. He changed where they had cameras set up. He changed literally every part of it. Like he 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 walked into Denver and he said, "No no 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 no, I'm Peyton Manning and we're not doing it this way." Like that that's what the elite quarterbacks do. Yeah, Brady does the same thing when he went to Tampa, and that's just how it works. Is that those guys once they get to that level. It's their show. Yeah. And sure, it helps to have a good coaching staff there supporting him. I mean, Rodgers talked about Getsy a lot. He also talked about Nathaniel Hackett a lot, which shows, I mean, maybe his, his stamp of approval doesn't necessarily translate to hey, being relationships a, a, are different for every person. Well, and it doesn't mean that just because Nathaniel Hackett was a terrible head coach, it doesn't right. mean he was a terrible offensive coordinator. Exactly. They're, they're different jobs. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's how it gets fixed. And spoiler alert, when we talk about why the Bears 
suck at passing, the number one reason when we get to it will be quarterback. Oh, sure. So, but that, that fixes all of it, right? And obviously, when you're developing, it's really important to have that guy there that can kind of guide you along, and we're all hoping Getsy's that guy. But if Fields becomes that top five quarterback, then at that point, he's the guy running the show, regardless of who's yeah, got the Yeah, and you know, it's just that when you this when I, when this occurred to me, it's like, this is certainly part of it, though. And oh, yeah. you're not supposed to have 12 offensive coordinators in 22 seasons. That's not <laughs> supposed to happen. No. You know, so uh, there's got to be something done differently. And what I'm hoping is with Getze and Eberflus, um, for one, it definitely seems like Eberflus is of the opinion, hey, this is your offense. You run it. Uh, I really liked Eberflus in the fact he seems like the delegating type. I'm the big wig. I'm the one that's supposed to run the whole show. You guys, as in the coordinators, are my two generals. And you guys are supposed to be running your departments the way you see fit and get the job done. And I, I love that. I do because I we've had more than our share of head court of, of head coaches who think that they need to be the coordinator too. Yeah, and yeah, has it worked? I mean, Lovey is a perfect example. Yeah, Lovey ran that defense. I mean, if he would have kept Ron Rivera, I mean, the defense that year, the year of the Super Bowl of two thousand six, was unbelievable. And then the next year. The defense falls off a little bit, but what else happens? Ron Rivera goes, right? Yeah. And and the rumor is is that uh, Lovey uh, was kind of was kind of bothered by Rivera being there because Rivera is an all time bear. Yeah, you know that, that was always the thing with Lovey. He never wanted anybody as a coordinator that could threaten him. Right, which is kind of kind of funny because ultimately, when he when he got fired and he went to Tampa, he did end up getting fired and replaced <laughs> by by his offensive coordinator there. So his fear actually came to fruition a little bit, but just not with the Bears. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's important to delegate and it's important to give people opportunities. Andy Reid, who's one of the best coaches in NFL history, talks about that all the time. Is that he wants his guys to move up in his structure and then get their own jobs yeah and he's he has a ton of guys that have gone on to head coaching jobs some better than others obviously we got one that was at the lower end of that spectrum but that that's a big part of it and it's to me a sign of a coach that's comfortable and that is secure is that they're willing to kind of let their coordinators get some of that credit and I hope Getze turns out to be the guy because that only will mean good things for the Bears. If, if Getze is getting a head coaching job after next year, that means something went really, really well. And, and that's uh, so. I think you just look at it per season uh, because uh, that's the way the NFL is. The you know the when it's a win now environment. Um, all you can do is uh, hope that uh, Getze uh, can develop the. Uh, can develop fields the way he needs to be developed and develop the offense the way it needs to be developed as a, as a whole unit uh, and see us uh, win some games because of the offense. Be good. And then at the end of the season, if it's, if it's time for him to leave, well then that's, that's the, that's the bridge they come to, but they certainly need to do a, a better 
a job. He he needs to take it on himself to do a better job than he did last year. Yep, absolutely. And that's the hope. Hopefully he learned. That's, yeah. That's going to be the, the theme of year two for the Bears is let's let's do better than last year. <laughs> that, that is a good thing. All right. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, joining us this, this week. We're going to be back on our reg- regular schedule. Uh, and uh, we'll be seeing you soon. So bear down. Bear down.